all stand for the reading of the word. Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off and have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then... You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit, the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Grace Harvest Church, the last Sunday of 2020. We all say hallelujah, and that we're thanking God for this opportunity that we could be here. I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas, and celebration with family and friends and it it was just an honor when about a month ago a little over a month ago Bobby was talking about the Advent uh, sermons and I was all excited for that but then we uh, needed someone for this Sunday uh, usually Mike he's he's been on the role of doing the last Sunday of of the month in in ministering but the Lord the word of the Lord spoke to me and the Holy Spirit directed me to this scripture. So I hope you all did have a large breakfast because it looks like we're going to be here for a while. So, no, just kidding. Praise be to God. You know, kind of giving you a little bit, this is kind of a continuation of when I preached back in November of, of Ephesians 2 on verse, uh, verses 1 through 10. You know, Paul came to Ephesians, you can find that back in Acts 15, where, um, or Acts 17, I'm sorry, um, his first arrival. And then he went back and brought in and saw that, you know, we still needed to have the foundation of Christ Jesus in their life. 
And there was lots of questions that were coming up, and, and he just wanted to clarify that some more, you know, reminding him, hey, we're all sinners. You know, we all sinned, and not, I'm not going to focus on the past. Uh, you knew where you were, and now we're moving forward. Well, in this section, from verse 11 to 22 in my Bible, it got the title is One in Christ, that we all together are one in Christ. And that was the main purpose of, of Paul continuing in this chapter of saying that you believe what the apostles preached of Jesus being crucified on the cross, dying on the cross, being buried. You know, some of those apostles just went back to their jobs and started fishing. You know, okay, it's all over, it's done. But on the third day, the miraculous event of the redeemed body of Jesus Christ, he, he was risen and he rose to pay our price of all that sin that we have done and we continue to do. So moving forward with that, this mystery of verses 11 to 22 is to form a body to express Christ's fullness on earth and to do this by uniting one people, both Jew and Gentile, among whom God himself dwells. So see, at this time, too, is that there was still the separation of, you know, the Jews were a chosen people, and, and they wanted to just, you know, say that, well, we're accepted to God. And that part is, is basically the same as that we were the circumcised, the circumcision into the holy nation of Israel. And the Gentiles were the uncircumcised. And they were apart. But when this, all the scriptures came to me, we're way beyond that. We're all beyond of, of, the, of the classifications of social uh, status, uh, political standings, education, labors versus leaders. Right here is that we're talking about the spirit of God and what the body, which is all of us, are here to do and be instructed so that we may grow more and more in the word. And going back to the circumcision, that is basically really getting the word of God as it's interpreted to me, reading the scriptures. Oh, by the way, if y'all haven't got your uh, uh, bag or, or prayer books, for next year, those are coming. They'll be here. But I'm so excited that Bobby is saying we're going to all read the Bible for the next year. And we'll all be in sync of what we're going in. And that's kind of tying into what we're doing here today. I felt honored because bringing the unity of all of us to be in the Word. And that is what's really excited about there. So again, circumcision refers to the Jews and the uncircumcised to the Gentiles. And that war 
of the uncircumcision, it reminds me of, of David. And in 1 Samuel um, verse, or chapter 17, he refers, David refers to Goliath as the uncircumcised. Who is this that brings war to Israel? And how it relates to us right now is that, for me personally, is that how sin and Satan and his demons bring those attacks, bring those, that war to the word of God that has been placed in my heart, that I receive, that I study, and, and you know, want to consume. So, you know, I have to read that, chap, that uh, verse in 1 Samuel seventeen twenty six. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Again, We're in a constant battle with attacks from the devil. And we have been, come, have been uh, circumcised by Christ Jesus dying on the cross. Keep that foundation always in your heart and know that there isn't a circumcision and an uncircumcision. We all have that. But moving on to verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off and and have been brought near by the blood of Christ. There is, that's our circumcision by the blood of Christ that Jesus shed it on the cross. We have come into unity for God and to be with him forever and ever. For then that gives us peace. When you think of peace, what is your thoughts, you know, of, of peace? You know, mine always used to be a calmness, a, a just relax, no, not necessarily relax, but just the joy going into peace. And just here recently this month, the peace is the Prince of Peace, our wonderful counselor, who is Jesus Christ. That's who I encourage you to say who your peace is and what peace stands for and everything of what Christ Jesus has done for us. And, and, and make it personal. Make it really personal that he's the one that could offer the peace. So this peace refers to the state of harm, harmonious friendship with God and with one another in the church. Again, bringing that unity that where we could be together. So then, you know, it mentions about the law. And, and once again, Christ, as, as we've learned and read, he's abolished the law. But he didn't erase it. He didn't erase it. He fulfilled what the law was to do. Because you see, again, 
the Jewish nation, they believed they had to do all these uh, works to, for salvation. But Jesus, no, he completed that so that we just receive him, ask God for forgiveness, repent of our sin, and just show the love of Jesus and receive him. And that paid the price. He paid the price by the blood and dying on the cross. The law was a dividing wall which Christ has abolished or rendered powerless both by fulfilling it and by removing believers from the laws of condemnation. The result is a new man, a new believer, a new human race under the second Adam, who is Christ Jesus, in whose image the Christian is recreated. So that is so important to me that, you know, God, I I am not worthy. I am no way worthy. Just like the Roman centurion, I'm not worthy to even have you come into my house. And and that's how I was before with, I'm not worthy for you to come into my heart because of my hatred, my greed, my pride. I'm not worthy. That's that wall. I had to, well, I was raised Catholic. I had to pray a million Hail Marys or whatever that the priests say that they do, but not even that. God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son so that we could enter into that relationship with him. And that is what I encourage all of you to share in this coming year is what Christ has done in your life. And, and it doesn't have to be subtle. It could just be in a, a simple conversation. Uh, my wife and I, were, um, our, our niece has been, you know, having trouble physically and stuff. And, and we're building that more relationship with her of having them come over and visit. And, and we just do the normal things we do, you know, and they have a dog we're trying to get a, a playmate for our dog, and, and it worked out really great yesterday. I was really excited about that. But again, it, they just, I just loved her text back to us that they really enjoyed coming over. And, and that, again, is you taking charge, dedicating your home to the Lord, and that all that will come in will feel that comfort and peace of what we have from God. So within that, with the wall, the dividing wall being broken down, Jesus abolished it, tore it down. There's nothing that can keep you away from the love of God. And that should be our goal, our desire to know more and more of Christ Jesus and have him dwelling within us so that we can help others. And we all help each other and help others, but here in the unity of the body, we set aside the worldly things, the differences that are out there, and just let's encourage each other to be strong in the Lord. So we look at reconcile, in, in to reconcile in verses 16 and 17, 
becoming friends to bring two parties into peaceful relationship. Paul describes Christ's reconciliation very vividly as killing the hostility that stood in the way of peace with God. Again, that hostility is that sin, that thought, something that's going to keep you from wanting to do what God is asking us to do. I do that all the time, I'll confess. You know, I have to go back to in Romans chapter 7, there's all those do's and I try not to do, but I do, and no matter what I do, I still fail, I do that. But yet, I always like verse 1 in chapter 8 of Romans. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So even, even as, as I make my mistake and ask for forgiveness, to have that reconciliation with God through Christ just only gives us strength. And again, as I mentioned, we don't, we don't get rid of the, the laws. We just want to, or I do, want to express God's love in it. I've learned to stop coveting. I still covet some stuff, but to stop coveting. And it's like, and, and call it a blessing. Bobby got a really nice pickup truck a few years ago. And oh, man, he showed up. I, I wanted to go home, cry to shit. I want a truck like Bobby's, a full-size truck, not this little Tonka toy from Toyota. Uh, I mean, that... Honestly, that, that's what was on my mind and in my heart, you know. And it's like, no. God said, it's not about the material things. It's about there, but count it as a blessing. He has a secure vehicle to carry his grandkids in. And, and knowing that he can come visit us in the snow, rain, sleet, or what. That's how my mindset changed for him to be blessed that way. And what a blessing that is. So in verse 18, we are to draw near to God and enjoy him forever in a new creation. Is both mankind's greatest good and the ultimate accomplishment of Christ's earthly work of redemption. One spirit, we're coming into being one. Who, in verse, for verse 19, it defines as who we are, members of the household of God. So receiving Christ Jesus, you are already a household member of God. Now, yes, I know in my family we bickered. We uh, kind of complained of, you know, my brother Carlos got more food than I did which he was bigger than I was, and rightfully so, because bigger brothers always picked on the little brothers. But here in the household of God, and as we are here today, we share each other in the consumption of the word. We encourage that if you don't understand it, to seek, seek Bobby, seek someone, start talking to someone that says, hey, what did you get out of that? 
What, how, do, how is that interpreted to you? And if you don't uh, both understand it, that's why Bobby's here. And we have leadership as well to discuss that. You know, I, I've always liked my one brother's analogy. He was a, a teacher, an engineer teacher, and uh, he would always challenge his students to, you know, work harder, be diligent in studying and knowing. And when the problem came up and he didn't know the answer, he always replied, but let's find it out together. Let's, let's work on that together. And that's, again, bringing the unity of God in his household. Verse 20 is Jesus, Christ Jesus will always forever be the cornerstone of our faith and our salvation. And for most of us that are builders or know of construction and stuff, we know that cornerstone has, is the perfectly placed stone so that the rest of the structure can be attached to it. Lining out the foundation of it being at the right angles, being at the, the right depth and the solid foundation to hold everything that's being laid there. So Jesus Christ is our, is our cornerstone. Can we all agree on that? Yes, huh, it's there. And from there, then came the apostles that walked with Jesus and coming up to going in as, as that next layer, and then as the centuries continued, more and more word of faith. More and more word of faith. And for my Catholic brothers and sisters, they got trapped in that septic tank that was pulling away from the foundation, that's saying, wait a minute, we're going to do it our way. We're going to do it in the way of man. We're going to form these new laws and come up and say, this is how you have redemption, by paying diligence, diligences to save someone in purgatory. Martin Luther, 1517, hammered those 92 theses that started the Reformation of which we are practicing today, that there's only one God, there's only Christ, Jesus, and by faith alone, and that um, only is how we are saved, and that faith is in Christ Jesus. So we just enjoy having that freedom right now to know that we are Christians because I used to sing there for a while, and, and uh, you know, it's probably not right. Um, they will know we are Christians by the way we gossip, by the way we lie, by the way we steal. No. They will know we are Christians by our love. And once again, it's here in this body and, and all through the world who have Christ as their Lord and Savior. So verse 20, that's the cornerstone. In 21, we are the temple of God here on earth. Once you've received Christ Jesus, you have that infilling of the Holy Spirit. And, and again, you know, our body is subject to die. It, there's nothing that's going to take that away. We will die of our physical body. But now what's even more joyful 
more happiness for me, being blessed, is that we have an eternal life in the household of God. As we prayed today earlier for those that have passed, we know that they're joyfully without pain, no more crying, no more aches, and we just wait for our day that that will happen. In which that's 120 years for all of us, if you know that or not. You know, God created us to have 120 years at this time in life. But out of my selfish uh, desires and wants, I probably cut that in half. So, so as I was told by, by a doctor one time, you'll be lucky to see 40. I was 30 years old then. So after 40... I've been on bonus time. You know, I mean, living for the Lord, loving the Lord, and, and, and I'll never forget that, doctor, for saying that. I don't condemn them or anything, and kind of I should be blessing them. Now, look at what the, the Word of God and Jesus has done for me to continue living. And as we are that temple. Verse 22, let us help each other build and fortify our temple for God Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Again, going back to that cornerstone, I encourage you to just help each other building more and more. That's here on earth because Jesus already has a mansion for you up in heaven. You don't have to do that building. It's set aside for you right there in the joys of with all the heavenly hosts singing praise, which Josh, uh, Josh, awesome singing this morning. I love that worship. Let's give Josh a hand. And didn't y'all think he did a good job? I do. And he, and so rightfully so that he is, is a blessing to us and that we encourage him and, and um, Gateway Church of their stance on that same foundation that what we've learned today. So two things I just want you to go away with today. Your love for Jesus, the peace, the Prince of Peace, wonderful counselor, and the love for others. Let us take communion. There's the communion cups in the seat before you. And one of my favorite stories is always the walk to Emmaus. When Jesus came up with two of the disciples walking along the road and questioning, what's all, the, what's, all what's been happening? And they questioned him, where have you been? Have you been under a rock? Well, it doesn't really say that, but they questioned him, where have you been? So they start telling him of all that what happened. And this is Jesus, you know. He really knows, and this is Jesus. But when they got to their destination and and Jesus was going to walk further, these disciples told him, come and join us. It's late in the night. Let's have our supper. Join us for supper. And he did. Jesus did. And then he took bread. And when he broke it, those disciples saw the revelation didn't our heart burn 
with what he was saying and talking on the roadway. Our eyes are open. That's what I pray for this communion for the upcoming year. Gracious Father, we thank you for the bread of life who is Christ Jesus our Lord. We take this communion this morning in remembrance of Christ dying on the cross, being buried, and rising on the third day. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Cleanse our heart. Let us be reconciled with you and only you. Set aside the worries of the world and to just acknowledge you in all things. In his blessed name, in the blessed name of Jesus, amen. Take of communion. But on the night that he was betrayed, he took the cup and he gave thanks for it. Thank you, Lord, for providing this. And this, Jesus said, it's the new covenant. Just like what he had said here in the scripture, this is the tearing down of that wall of the law. This is the new covenant that is given up for all of us in the same way of the crucifixion on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. This blood represents all the sacrifices ever done before and ever needed to be done. This was the ultimate sacrifice that we take. And we thank you, Father, for the remembrance of this blood that we are forgiven and receive your mercy and grace. Take of the cup. say